Hi, everyone. Before we start tonight's episode, we have some special Corona update. That's the news music that takes us in to our special special update announcement. I like but coronouncements. Coronouncements. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Kimberly, you're out in the field tonight. You're not. You're at home on your couch. From your couch, tell us. Well, Katie, great to see you. You're supposed to say you're looking well. You're looking well. <laughs> I remember our brief but torrid affair. (laughs) First announcement is that we have decided for the nearby future, we're not sure how long we can keep it up, but we're going to try because people seem to like more content now. They want more podcasts and shows and we are not a show that you can binge, but we have a podcast. So why not put out more of it? So we are going to go to two days a week for a, a while. We'll see. And we're going to be releasing on Fridays and it is going to be called a double date with Dateline. And we know, Sean G, that we stole your Facebook group's name. Um, we're sorry. Please don't be litigious. It was just really good. So we had to take it. It's that good. Yeah. We borrowed it. We're borrowing it for the time being. Yeah. And uh, we are going to be covering sometimes Dateline shows, and we're going to start off with some ID network shows. So we're talking reenactments, people. We're talking true crime reenactments. And we're super excited. And Katie found an article that was like, the episodes you shouldn't watch alone. And since that's Dateline's tagline, we are going to go through those episodes. So our first episode will be uh, this Friday. We are going to be starting this Friday. Core announcement too. Yes. We finally, finally have a real professional website. I'm shocked. I know. It only took three years. We are thrilled. Uh, Grace Biasco did it and she's incredible. She's so talented. We thought it was going to be as janky as this podcast is. And instead, it's like way better than we are. Like, we are not worthy of the podcast. It's almost, it's too good for us. I know. This website is amazing. So you're going to be able to download podcast episodes. You can search mm -hmm. podcast episodes. You'll have links to our merch. You're going to find our bingo cards Mm -hmm. and uh, a bunch of fun stuff, including like those spreadsheets that OG Veggie made that are like the hitman prices. And then you guys can all go onto the spreadsheet and add and inside jokes from the show that you don't understand where they came from. Go to the spreadsheet. You can add it. Someone can explain where it came from. And so is the Spotify playlist stuff, Spotify, Spotify playlist, like a lot Link of really to Kimberly's cool cross stitching. It's pretty good, guys. We got it all. And we're open to ideas too. I make it interactive for you guys and fun. So absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thank you is, to Grace. Huge thank, you, thank Grace. you to Grace. You're amazing. And the third core announcement is this is a Patreon announcement. And what we've decided to do because uh, stuff out there for a squirrel. I don't know where I got squirrel. It's tough out there for some folks right now. Um, And squirrels. And squirrels. And what we've decided to do is to take down our $10 Patreon level, which right now is the level where you get the bonus episode every month. That's now going to be happening at the $5 level. So if you sign up at the $5 level or take your $10 down to $5, you'll still be getting the extra episode every month. And if you decide to stay at the $10 level... No pressure. It'd be great if you decided to stay with us at that level. The amazing bonus. I'm not sure if it's amazing yet. The interesting, 
interesting bonus that we've decided to add at that level. Yeah, is that we're going to be YouTube influencers. That's not true. Okay, Kimberly's shaking her head. We are going to be doing a YouTube live chat once a month. So we'll be on for an hour, an hour and a half. Um, We can talk Dateline. We can talk ID Network. We can talk current events. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. That's a big maybe. Um, We can talk probably not makeup because Kimberly will be there. So no, no, this would be funny. You'll just see my side of the screen wander off, and you'll yeah, hear I'm like see the things rustling I'm see in the, the kitchen. Start to go. Yeah, I know you're like cooking in the microwave. You're like rustling, and it's Cheeto bags. It'll be great, but you'll get to see us in our individual natural habitats, and we will talk to you with our actual faces and our mouths, and mm. uh, you can you can mm. chat with us. Scary. Yeah, I know that face. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of that. If you decide to stay at the $10 level, that is. Uh, one quick note, if you decide to go, if you're joining at the $5 level for the extra bonus episode um, for that perk, the only way we could think to make it fair is that unfortunately the back episodes, we've done a couple dozen back episodes at this point, they won't be available at the $5, the new $5 level because it wouldn't be fair to the people who have been at the $10 level this whole time. It's the only yes. way we could think to do it. But moving forward, you would have them all. Yes. At the $5. So that so, is that. It's good and it's good corona it's it's some good news in a time magic. of of uh well I don't know if I'd call that. I, it's good news in a time of Let's just say news. Let's, let's not just, even say news. It's, it's just news. And I, we, and I don't even think news is there. Let's do you, news in quotes. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just things that are it's happening. News, it's news light. Yeah. It's new, okay. Yeah. Sure. Just There's, things. It's just happening. Just stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Just neutral things. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. Adding um, an extra episode. Doesn't matter. You care, More important things going on. Whatever. We've already been talking too long about it. More important stuff uh, right now. Yes. Take it away. Kimberly. Oh, this is my cue. And away we... Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Tonight's episode being brought to you from Coronavirus 2020. We are the world. (laughs) We are the children. We are the ones trying to live today. So let's start washing. (laughs) Your hands. There's no choice to make here. You have to stay inside. <laughs> it's time to make it safer from COVID-19. <laughs> I worked on that this morning. That was beautiful. I thought you were making it up as you went along. No, and I'm working on the verses. Oh, okay. Uh, and I'm thinking about trying to do it in every voice and putting it into the internet. Really? It's not going to go that well you should so what do i really it. needed are volunteers of people that can sing like the artists in the song and then um but i call kenny rogers okay yeah um, you can call someone stevie wonder you can sing like stevie wonder i have to sound like him too can yeah, i just do. sway my head like him when you know one's video? gonna see you what there should be a video they won't see you do you want to do a video Michael we Jackson? can try a video this is a lot of editing, though. I can go high, like Michael Jackson. Okay, that means that you are the first chorus. Oh, then that's not a good idea. I feel like, yes, I feel like Michael Jackson is Kimberly. Mm, was there anyone in that who couldn't sing very well? Bob Dylan. Okay, and he, he's a distant cousin of mine. So there we go. Perfect. Okay, so that's done. All right, Bob Dylan is taken. Other roles are up. We're looking for a Cindy Lauper. I need a Diana Ross. I love it. 
Um, so this episode is called Return to the Lonely Road, hosted by our birthday boy, Dennis the Menace. That was on purpose, right? Yes. I mean, Dateline said, join us for his birthday tonight for a new episode. So either it's a coincidence and it's a 25% chance or if, or it was real. I think it was on purpose. And I was so excited to see Dennis again. I got really excited. We need Dennis. He's like calming presence. We do. I was actually thinking about calling him. I feel like he'd be a good person to talk to right now. Okay. We don't have his number, but sure. I don't. But <laughs> Dennis, if you're listening. You have his, we have his address. You could write him in Florida. I could write him a letter. I bet you he'd write me back. Oh, he totally would. I may do that. I think that's a great idea. I may start correspondence with Dennis Murphy. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so this episode aired on March 27th, 2020. Season 27, I think episode 24. I've kind of lost track at this point. Um, I feel like we might be 25. So this... When, when was the original episode? No idea. Didn't look it up. Ah, I saw okay. it. I remembered it, but I don't I don't remember when. So That's all right. this episode is about Brittany Stork. I love that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stork is a great last name. She grew up in Ohio. And one mm-hmm. day her kindergarten teacher asked her, how did your mom die? Okay. As one asks a kindergartner. And Brittany is like, what you talk about, Willis, except uh-huh. not really because this is the 90s. But she has no idea that her mom is dead. She's being raised by her grandma, but she doesn't know that that's her grandma. I'm sorry. What you talk about, Willis, is the 90s. Mm. Different strokes? Pretty sure it's the early 90s. Mm. Am I dead wrong? You want me to look it up? No, I feel like I'm wrong. Different. Your face tells me that I'm wrong. No, you could be right. Let's see. Oh, yeah, you're so wrong. Oh, am I? Oh. Darn it. Okay. Yeah. It uh, started in 1978 and oh my gosh. it finished in 86. Okay. So before we were born. Okay. <laughs> Considering we were born in the aughts, then yes. So <laughs> um, so she didn't know that her mom is dead and- Wow. Yeah. No. Oh, she didn't, she didn't know her mom had died at all. She thought that her grandma was her mom. She thought her mo- grandma was her mom. So I'm thinking someone needs to take that world's best teacher mug off that lady's desk and smash it on the floor. Smithereens. Um, I think she got fired, right? Did she get fired or did she just start crying and felt really bad and then they just like let it go and hope that no one was going to sue the school? Was she a really young teacher? Was she like the, her first class? Maybe. But, but still, how did why she would you... know? How did, who even told her? Also, what, why would you ask, why would the words death come into your mouth? Right. Why would you think that that's appropriate to to even ask? So she should have been fired. Yeah, so I think you're right. I don't think this is an honest mistake. I think this was either malicious or she's an idiot and should not be around children. Not be around children. Yeah. So um, Brittany finds out that she was eight months old when her mom died. Her mom had gone out to dance that night with her friend Roxy, who we're going to get to meet. Oh boy, Roxy. Oh, oh Roxy. Boy. Everyone also in this love episode that name. just We have characters in this episode. I don't know what's going to water in Toledo, Ohio, but it's just a, it's characters. a hard water. It's um uh-huh. it's when you've been ridden um No, don't do it. I knew you were I knew it. Yeah, no. With a, with a hard water. Um that's that's what's happening to a lot of these people. I think, I think it's a just... combination of the 80s, 90s lifestyle. I don't, I don't know. I just, I think that we don't understand Ohio, maybe Ohioans. That's valid. I've never, I've never been to Ohio. So I don't, I, I think there's I was surprised just... at the amount of Midwest accents. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. That's weird, that. right? Wasn't expecting that. 
threw me for yeah, a loop. Yeah, we just, I think this is also just one of those datelines where we just have a bunch of characters and it's just one of those datelines. Mm-hmm. Where they all have converged into one case and they're all coming out. Mm-hmm. This is it. Keep going. Press so, on. Let's get into it. Brittany grew up feeling like uh, everyone knew about her mom's death, but no one would tell her things. And mm. so she grows up, to, she, as she's a teenager, she learns that the library keeps microfilm. I thought it was called microfiche. Is that a different thing? What is microfiche? Is microfiche the machine that the microfilm is on? Mm, maybe. Is that is that the actual, like what the paper is maybe called? Maybe that's it's a brand. Fiche. There we go. Maybe. And it's like Kleenex. Um, you don't need to look it up. I'm not. You are, though. No, I'm not. She's totally looking things up. So she uh, goes to the school library and... You're right. What? It's called microfiche. What is? The brand? A flat piece of film containing micro photographs of the pages of a newspaper catalog or other document. I think people just call it microfilm because it's easier to understand. But Mm. technically, it is microfiche. I just thought you might want to know you were right. See, it was worth it. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) I don't need to be right. This is a false... Reputation that I've been given. And the only thing I need to be right about is the fact that I don't need to be right. And I need for people to know that. So she. But uh, you are, in this case, just coincidentally, you are correct. Microfiche, correct term. Go ahead. So she finds out that her mom was found at age 19 on the side of the road. One of the articles says it wasn't a car accident, it was ruled undetermined, possibly foul play. And so Brittany is so pissed that no one tells her that this. So she prints out one of the articles and she sends it to her dad. And it was not a nice message that she writes on the article. And Dennis says, what, like, what's up with this? I'm like, that's, that, is that what you think and not nice messages, Dennis? Dennis is a sweet soul. Dennis is a sweet, sweet man. Dennis. No, it was more like, I hope you effing die. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah, um, I think it's, I think Brit runs hot. Yes. Yeah, Let's should. just say that. She is a, she's a hot-blooded yeah. lady and I'm sure she did not hold any punches. How old was she too? Was she like 15? Yeah. 15 or 16. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she's definitely going to be hot. Yeah. yeah. So um, her dad tells her she's still not ready to know, which that makes her lose it even more. That's like the worst thing a teenager could possibly hear. You're not grown up enough to know this. Yeah, that's never going to go well. Yeah. You, yeah. Um, so her dad's name is Toby. Oh, God. Toby, uh, who looks the opposite of Toby from The Office. Uh, he is greasy. Creasy? Greasy. Creasing. Crease. A lot of people in this episode are creasing. Increasingly greasy. Something? Is that what? Okay. But we see pictures of him in the 70s, the 80s. He ran the gamut from the... Um, Bee Gees, wispy yep. hair with the porn stash to yep. a kind of a mullet situation. And yep. he was not around a lot when Britney was growing up because of the mullet. No, because he was a criminal. <laughs> and so she's being raised by the grandparents. So turns out this is the story. Labor Day weekend, 1982. Dana was found by the side of the road. And she was she was found by a driver who was driving by and saw something in the on the grass. Mm-hmm. And she was in critical condition and her sister, who we call Aunt Deb, is doing the open your eyes, Dana, open your eyes, which is the Sally Field from Steel Magnolias. <laughs> open your eyes, Shelby, open your eyes. Can't. Um, I can't. I also, it just makes me, it was an immediate precious moment. Yes. Also, I have an aunt, an Auntie Deb. Mm-hmm. 
So it was rough. All right. So this detective is, uh, it's his first big case. He has a thick accent. He's like, I didn't know if I had an accident. I didn't know what I had. Well, you've got a dead body. Yeah, you have something. Um, in, What's his name? Detective Bratton. Okay. He's a larger gentleman too, which he is. comes into play in a bit. So uh, he goes to the waiting room at the hospital and he starts to talk to people. And he notices right away that uh, Toby, the boyfriend of Dana, doesn't seem to want to talk to him. He's trying to get away and he thought that that was suspicious. Um, sadly, mm. Dana passes away. She had a Ugh. terrible head injury. It was very suspicious. The t- person at the doc at the the doctor person at the doctor's place says it was like getting hit in the back of the head with a baseball bat. So, but they don't have a baseball bat. They have no weapon. They have mm. no DNA, no cell phones because it's eighty two. So, right. as we go to commercial, Lester says Brittany goes right to the top and isn't going to stop. Lester. Is that a Britney song? No, it's just a rhyme. And Is that, but it doesn't Britney. I, I, I want to go oh, oh, all the way. Taking on my dreams tonight. That's Britney, right? I don't know. Isn't there a to the top in that song? I don't know. Okay. Mm, hmm. So if Lester was quoting Britney, I would have just. I don't. I think we would have to quit this podcast. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would. That's the end. Yeah. We've. But we've done in a it. happy way. It would be like it's come to completion. Yeah. And no, now like we must stop. No, we have to. No, we would have to move on to something else. It would then be a date with question mark. Okay. So Toby um, is in and out of prison for most of Brit's life for assault and domestic violence. Hmm. Is that what he's in and out of prison for? Mm-hmm. Totally like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because the rest of the episode, we're supposed to believe he's the nice guy who's been painted wrong. Let's not forget these things. Thank so, you. I would. I appreciate the reminder. Hmm. Brittany had heard about all this about her dad, and she severed a relationship with him, even though she, I think, is being raised by his parents. Yes, it's his parents yeah. that are grandma. Um. So Brittany finds falls in love and finds out that she's pregnant at age 19. Wow. Yeah. And same as her mom. The same age as her mom died. She uh, wants to call her baby Dana. And I was no. like, nope, do not do that. And she said when she told everyone, everyone cried. And I was like, yeah, because it's yeah. just don't do that. Just so do that. she did it for her middle name. And I know many of you have named people after lost people. You told me last time I said that. It's not going to change my mind. But good, that you it, do you. It's fine. That it's what? That it's just too hard? For me, yes. But for some people, it's their choice. It's their child. I think that she did the right thing based on the reaction of her family. Yeah. So I think that it was kind that Brittany took that into account that, okay, you know what? This might be hard, mm. even if it's not as hard for me because I didn't actually know my mother. No, see, that's that's the thing is she is she did not ever know her mother, but she is like weeps whenever she talks about her. So I don't think she could have even named her Dana because I think you're right. I think it would have been really hard. I think it would have been a lot harder than she thought. Of. Yeah. So 20 years after Dana died, Brittany is doing jury duty. I was kind of jealous of that. I never get called. Um, and on a whim, she walks into the prosecutor's office and says, my mom was killed. Do something about it. Wow. And they refer to a detective who says there's a statute of limitations. 
Is she just looking for information at that point? Or is she actually saying, like, I would like an investigation to be opened up? I think she wants an investigation to be opened up. Wow. I don't think she knows really any of the facts because no one really knew any of the facts. Um, The detective that says there's a statute of limitations, I didn't buy that because there's usually not in murder. So I thought that was, I think they were just trying to get her off his back. So You think? uh, She demands to see the police chief. She's ballsy. Wow. And yeah, she really is. she said, you need to investigate or I want the file. I'm taking the file. I'm going home. And well, she said, I'm taking the file to someone else. Who is she taking it to? The FBI? Maybe. Or maybe just a, a private, private investigator. investigator. But they won't give you the file, will they? They're not just going to hand it be like, here you go. OK, we're not going to do anything with this. So you have this for yourself. I think some of it is probably public. Well, nowadays, there's you can get most anything. Right. You, I know that from Bob Ruff. Yeah. But I don't know about back then. Um, yeah, me neither. Okay. So she says, the detective this says he'll look into it, but she feels like nothing's happening and months turn into years and nothing's happening. One day mm-hmm. she's at a restaurant and she sees the original detective on the case, big guy. And How does she know who it is? Unsure. And okay. maybe she had done some internet research. So she goes up to him. He's eating with his wife and she says, I want to talk to you. And him being... Midwestern polite says, mm-hmm. well, sit down, young lady. But he didn't say young lady, but he said sit down. Something like and that. And yeah. she says, well, Dana Rosendale was my mom. It's, she said their jaws dropped. I'm picturing spaghetti like falling out of their mouths. Yeah, like a piece of garlic bread. A yeah. piece of garlic bread falls out. Someone does a spit take and yeah. it was a mess and the waiters had to clean it up. I think it's more surprising that they remembered her name. I was being, I was ready for that reaction. Who? Like that he would remember that, you know? I think we were supposed to be impressed by her moxie, but I would not have been very nice. I would have been like, don't come between me and my food. Oh, if the detective had, oh. <laughs> I'm with my family. He's Can not we a talk celebrity. About this in my office, please. He's not a celebrity. He's a detective. And it's, I think it's just what exactly what you said, Midwestern niceness. They're going to be, he's going to be polite. Yeah. How can I help you? So he tells her, you need to keep pushing. And so she is like, okay. So she starts calling the prosecutor's office every week, driving them crazy. Squeaky wheel gets the oil. Nope. No. What are you doing? You're doing that on purpose to kill me. What? Squeaky wheel gets the grease, Kimberly. Oil. What? It's the same thing. You think it's cooking? You cooking with grease. You had it there. It's squeaky wheel gets the grease. I don't, I disagree. You are doing, you're doing this to bu- bust my buns. Squeaky you are wheel. wheel gets the grease. Not gets the oil came up. I've never in my life heard gets the oil. What oil? Oh, gets the grease, gets the grease, gets the grease, gets the grease. Oh, I need- it is alternatively expressed as the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Thank you, Wikipedia. I need a tw- I'm going to need a Twitter poll. Fine. So um, <laughs> it's totally fine. So he so he's the detective had worked really hard on the case. He had done a lot of investigating at the time. Maybe uh, there were boxes yeah. of work on what he had done. They are now gone. And he thinks that someone perhaps has thrown them out. Um, we've said it before. We will say it again. You don't Marie Kondo murder files. Just keep those yeah. somewhere. But I feel like that's an intern, right? Someone trying to be helpful. I cleaned no, out the Brian, stock room. Who was there for the summer? Yeah, I cleaned out the stock room. He was bored, and he shredded. He shredded those old files. Mm-hmm. And I then he used them. that 
for like a party where it was like a foam party, but instead it was a shredding paper party. And you just got a lot of paper cuts and a lot of that paper dust in your eyes. And it's uncomfortable. Lot of ER visits. Yeah, the party was not a big hit. So Dennis talks to the original paramedic who was confused by her head injury. She he thought that her rest of her body didn't look like it was in a car accident or anything. It was just the back of her head. Her clothes weren't disheveled. Her legs were not beat up. So the prosecutor decides to have a new investigator named Kinder take over the case and. Mm He said that people at the time and still now are pointing their fingers at Toby, the boyfriend. He had a temper and they had fought Mm -hmm. a lot. Dennis sits down with Toby and asks, you know, when did the whispers start? Toby's looks like an 80s bowler, maybe. Yeah, that's good. Definitely. Or a a bowling alley employee. Mm -hmm. But but he's been there a long time. Mm -hmm. And his B-roll is playing pool. So, So maybe a card shark. But, but remember no. that for later because it's foreshadowing <gasps> and was that shade by Dateline. Was that the subtlest of subtle? That's not even shade. Was that? I think it's pretty obvious. It's Was that a finger point? Mm-hmm. Was that a red arrow? Yes, maybe. Or was that a red herring? Sorry, that was... <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Dateline. That's what happens to your brain. You start thinking like that. Isn't that interesting, though? That is fascinating. Good catch on that. Yeah. So he says um, what happened that night was he was too tired to go out dancing. Dana woke him up and said, I love you. At which point he gets a little teary because that's usually not the last thing that someone says to somebody. And we just always imagine it is. But it's usually like clean your underwear off the floor, please. I just tripped on it. and It's disgusting. Oh, oh! It's I would feel like it's more like, do you want a burrito? I was, mine were nicer. I'm sorry. I was thinking more of a nice thing. Oh, I know hey, what you're thinking of. I'm going to get a hot, a bacon wrapped hot dog. Like what happens? Sorry. My only knowledge of clubs is that there are food carts outside of clubs that sell bacon wrapped hot dogs. So it's more like, do you want a bacon wrapped hot dog? Like waking <laughs> someone up to say that. Like when I come out of the club, I'll get you a hot dog that's and bring nice. it home. That's that's just as romantic to me as I love a you. A 4 a.m. hot dog. I'm yeah. a good girlfriend. Yeah. So um, we, but also the important thing about this I love you story is it's yes. the complete opposite of what we hear later of what someone else's Correct. opinion of what happened that night betwixt oh, them yeah. is. He's saying it was very lovey. She woke him up and he was just too tired to go out. He had had a long day at work. So- Toby, so remember that. Yes. So Toby says that he was considered the villain um, because there's evil Knievel and I was considered awful Knoffel. So he was a bad motorcycle driver? Is that what that meant? I wanted he, to ask you. That's what that meant. He jumped over cars? I think he, he was a boxer. They said he was a boxer. Evil Knievel? No, that's what they said Toby was, a boxer. Was his nickname awful Knoffel? Entering the ring at 120 pounds of of grease is awful canoffle. Maybe that was his boxing name. That I feel like could have been it. I think we might have just nailed it on accident. Where did he go? Why does he say awful canoffle? Because they rhyme? Because he's like doing... He's doing like awful schmoffle. No, I think it's just because he's a he's like evil Knievels was the stare devil. So he's the stare devil in the boxing ring. So he just gave himself. It's just being, he's being cl- clever. 
Um, I just think Toby has some bad self-esteem. If mm. you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed because you're playing pool in your B-roll and that might be the editors of Dateline foreshadowing that you're the killer, you might need oh better help. BetterHelp offers counseling with a licensed therapist within the privacy and safe space of your own home. You can confidentially text, chat, phone, or video with a counselor. BetterHelp has counselors that are specialized in anxiety, depression, sleeping problems. You're sad that your slicked back pony wasn't in in 82 and it's still not doing you any favors. BetterHelp can help you with those issues. If you don't like a counselor for any reason, you can switch at no additional charge. BetterHelp is also very affordable, and our listeners get 10% off of their first month with discount code DATELINE. So go to betterhelp.com forward slash DATELINE. You fill out a questionnaire. You get paired with a counselor. It's really easy. It doesn't take a lot of time, and it's totally worth it. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash DATELINE. They can help you deal with your emotional awful canoffles. Oh, don't the awful canoffles sound like the sad Mondays, like the blue Mondays or something like it just I've got the awful canoffles today. If canoffle was a Yiddish word for Monday. Yes, I've got the awful canoffles. <laughs> I like right? it. It also sounds like an awful falafel. So it also sounds like <laughs> bad Greek food. I'll take the awful canoffel and it's like a bad, it's bad. They the restaurant themselves call it the awful canoffle because they know but maybe it's, not it's good. filled with no because it's filled with awful. Do you know what awful is? It's those no. weird meats. Oh, you don't know what awful is? No. It's like a it's a type of a food. Oh, yeah, it's called awful. Oh, but it's not spelled like awful. Oh, it's spelled another way, but that's how it's pronounced. It took me a minute to figure out what it was because they kept saying it on the Food Network, and I was like, what? What? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you, BetterHelp. <laughs> thank you, BetterHelp. So uh, how many packs of unfiltered cigarettes does Toby smoke in a day? Just out of curiosity. I'm the expert. I don't know. I'm going to say two. Okay. Um, so he thinks... Uh, no, I think he switched to filters okay. in the 90s, <laughs> like, a, like a real American. Uh, so Toby thinks there was shady stuff going on at this club where the girls went to dance that night. He says mm. there were girls dating for money. Which is yeah, that's not the thing. nicest that's... way to say what I think you're trying to say. He's trying to say hookers, right? Yeah. Prostitution horses. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Say that then. <laughs> I don't know why he says that. It's a really weird He's way to say that. He's talking to Dennis and he, Dennis's class and innocence kind of maybe rubbed off on him for that moment. And he was like, girls hook dating for money. Yeah. Maybe. I, I still feel like it's a stretch. Like... <laughs> So he said that uh, she and Roxy, uh, or no, she was nervous that something would happen to her at the club. I don't know why she was going to the club then. That's a weird thing for him to say. That feels like he's trying to cover tracks. Sorry, I don't like that. Yeah, it's it's strange. She and Roxy left the club together. Dana was really drunk. They had missed the last bus and the club bouncer agreed to drive them. And he was just a friend of Roxy's. Dennis asks very pointedly, they weren't intimate. And I was like, Dennis, I know it's your birthday, but I'm going to have to <laughs> ask you to refrain from that sort of language. Why can't he say that? That was a nice way to put it. What it, You would have referred him to say they weren't romantic. Yeah. But they weren't. It's a club scene. They were, he didn't say getting busy. <laughs> I wish he had Friends said with getting benefits. busy. Friends with Benny's. Okay, wait, question. Wait, Benny's. 
friends with Benny's slash Benzos because it's drugs. Mm-hmm. It's the 80s. Yeah. Never mind. So was the club named Southside Roxy or was that Roxy's nickname? <laughs> Why did they keep saying Southside Roxy? Or was I just hearing that in I, my head? I think you just heard that in your head. I maybe missed it. Okay. Uh, I don't believe the club was named after her. Okay. No, it was a coincidence because they kept saying Southside Roxy was the club. And I was like, Southside Roxy, first of all, sounds like something out of Riverdale. And then I don't, what, it seems like a mean nickname. Oh, yeah, sure. So the bouncer drives them home, first drives, uh, drops Roxy off and then takes off with Dana. And Dennis says, well, now we're into the mystery of it. Oh, boy. (laughs) Very excited. Uh, So the bouncer's name was Russell Atkins, except guess what? Who else Russell Atkins was? The creator of the Atkins diet. It's To me, more sounds like a quarterback for the Giants. Oh, is it? No. Is I don't. it not the creator of the Atkins diet? Dr. Russell Atkins? Is it? Is his name Russell? MD? I feel like it could be. I don't think what it's Russell. What was his name? Theodore? Dr. Theodore Atkins? I don't, I don't know. Mm. So uh, Russell Atkins is also the person who found her body. But when he found the body, he told the EMTs and the police and everyone that this was just a stranger, that he had driven by and seen her body laying there. And then he had gone knocking on doors in the middle of the night because he doesn't have a cell phone because it's 82 to try to get someone to call for help. And then when the police get there, he says he was just driving by and this is some stranger. So Hmm. he lied, but he admitted it. When the police bring him in for questioning, he says... I need you to know, like, I totally lied. I knew her. I'm the one who dropped her. I was driving her. Um, I lied because he's on parole for um, buying stolen equipment. So nothing violent. No, and not prostitution. It was more like they were buying, like, old radios out of the back. Is that what was happening? I wanted to know exactly what it was. Was it, like, one of those? He was doing it on his side time, or if he was, if it's something... It, the whole club was a front for stereo equipment. <laughs> was it, or was it watches? Was he the kind with the coat that you like? <laughs> yes. You like, you had like a secret face signal with the bouncer where you like tapped the side of your cheek three times and then rubbed your nose. Yeah. And then he opened up his suit jacket mm-hmm. and there was just watches. Mm-hmm. And for a second, you like think that he's going to be a flasher, but instead it's just watches. Watches. Yeah. Right. And they're hot. Uh. So. Yeah, they're hot. Yeah. So he says he's driving along and Dana just is suddenly not in the car. Like, okay, well, he I looks questions. over and she's gone. Like, okay. if, what were you thinking at this moment? Like, me? Yeah. Like, what um, are you actually thinking happened? I was thinking, like, is he implying that she, like, disappeared in a puff of smoke? Or did, did he? And then, and then I'm like, is he saying she, like, got, like, kidnapped by aliens? They like beamed her up out of the car or. Because wouldn't you hear the door open or maybe not? Well, later he says something very strange in regards to that. But I feel like the car itself is loud. I feel like he was definitely playing music in the car. So it definitely could have been a thing where you wouldn't hear that normal rush of air that you would hear. Also, I don't know how fast they were going. Well, he says it felt like the engine kicked and kind of accelerated. And then the door was open and she was gone. So he doesn't know. We'll get more as the story progresses of what Mm -hmm. he thinks happened. But 
my first instinct was, is he, did he not have a door? Like, because oh, okay. Kramer on Seinfeld once got a ticket for having no door. And <laughs> I was like, so that's a thing that can happen, I guess. Okay. Um, but unsure what he, what's happening. But then Dennis says, it would be such a simple explanation if true. And I was like, it would? That she was just gone? That just go or falls out of a moving car? That's a simple she- explanation? Does that happen all the time? I have two thoughts. Number one. What? She was having trouble walking. I was going to say, I can talk about this now, I guess. She was having trouble walking because she was so drunk. That is from Roxy's account, multiple people's account. She was very drunk. I think it's much more likely that she opened the door to throw up. Yes, and he he says He that. took a curve. He took a curve and she fell out of the car. Is, and the car door just banged shut. If someone is about to throw up and they're drunk, don't they usually like scream for the car to stop? Do they open the door while it's moving? Yeah, to absolutely. Throw up? I could see that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Especially if you're that drunk where you're just like, right, um, right. open. Yeah. And she doesn't even realize how fast they're going right. or any part of that. Right. Okay. But then how would she have fallen out? Was there a bump? Did something happen? Did he, when the engine revved, did he hit a bump in the road, a pothole, something that would make her lose her balance and actually, and she could have just. Well, the turn makes way more sense that she, yes. he made a turn to the left and she flew out to the right. The weirder thing is that he wouldn't stop and immediately go and see try to give her CPR. That's a weirder part of it. So it makes me think he had drugs on him or something on him that he was very nervous that the police would find. So he needed to get rid of something before he came back and started looking for help for her. How much time passed before he started knocking on doors? I don't know. I mean, I thought he could have gone right away. Maybe he did. Okay. We don't know. Do we know? I don't think we know. We don't know. It's a good question, but I don't think they know exactly what time she fell out. So it doesn't really matter. They don't know. Right. Um, So the original coroner didn't think that the injury was from a fall from a car. So then Dennis starts questioning, was the bouncer lying about the fall from the car? Or possibly, was it true that she fell from the car, survived falling out of the moving car, and then was attacked by someone else? Again, that's that's hard. That's hard for me. That sounds implausible. Um, Sure. But Dennis makes it sound convincing. So they. Because he's Dennis. Yeah. So they bring the case to chief deputy coroner. She's the current coroner. And they decide they need to exhume the body. And at this point on Twitter, people became very concerned with what the coroner is doing in her B-roll shots. She is cutting things up that are pink and white, maybe bones, (laughs) fingers, but putting them back together like jigsaw puzzles and then putting things into a metal bowl. Petri dish. She has gloves on. Petri dish. What What are you saying, Petri dish? Was she studying something? Was she sending something off to be tested? Or was it an actual bowl? It's an actual bowl, a metal bowl. And things are coming out of the bowl and getting clipped with scissors. Like she's doing a manicure on someone's fingers that are not attached to a body. And they're That's just happening. bones. But she's giving them like a French tip manicure because part of it was pink. So really hard to tell what she's doing. Maybe it's plastic molds or definitely something. Definitely not, but it is. It's definitely not bodies. But I see where this might be misleading and maybe a little more care should have been <laughs> to take taken it, to, be like, to make sure that everyone knows that she is not currently handling a corpse. I kind of still think she is. I think it's like oh, old, old man Armstrong's fingers. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> but then, yeah, they think there's something fishy about. She has to work on her current case. She's very busy, so they she can is film busy. her. She doesn't even have time to sit down for an interview. They film in the morgue. Yeah, so she's yeah. she has to constantly be working. So they exhume Dana's body, and the coroner calls um, Brittany after and offers her the rings that she was wearing. So Brittany wears them every day. It's very nice. And Brittany puts five dozen roses on her mom's coffin when they rebury her. And I thought that was very nice, even though I did make fun of the four dozen roses from the perfect guy, because that was weird to me. This seems very nice. Just wanted to clarify. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Um, I appreciate you saying I, that you appreciate it. <laughs> so but I think Brittany, I speak for Brittany and her family <laughs> yeah. when they say thank you. <laughs> I speak for the Storks. Thank you, Kimberly. <laughs> oh, I feel such a weight off knowing that they appreciate Good. me. And yeah, you're welcome. So uh, Brittany says that Roxy is still telling everyone around town that it was Toby. And it's been all these years, but she still thinks it was Toby. So Brittany says to Roxy, who was her mom's best friend at the time, she does not seem to like Roxy at all. Um she says, no. like, stop talking crap, basically. Why do you think it was my dad? Was my dad even with you that night? And she says, no. And she's like, why do you think it was my dad? And she just says, just because. Because I know. Because she's not going to tell you why. But obviously, the best friend knows, y'all. Like, I don't get why we're not. Why, believe all Roxies. I don't like this. Because, look, I would believe you the most. Like, if something happened to me, I would expect people to want to talk to you because you would know that something... I will I say I was shocked by the amount of people on Twitter who did not believe Roxy. Pretty much anything that came out of her mouth, they didn't believe. Why wouldn't you believe the best friend? What, what would the best friend have to gain? I think they just think she's very unreliable. But, but why would... Again, what does she have to gain... By talking bad about Toby. I think... Obviously, Toby did something to hurt her friend, and so she wants to get it out there that she thinks that he could have been part of it because she believed that her friend was in danger. Totally. There's no proof of that, but... There isn't. There's just her <laughs> words. But boy, if it was the other... If it was you, I would be screaming it from the rooftops to anyone that would listen. Right. Reliable um, or not. So, but Brittany's mad because she is now reconciled with her dad. Yes, so, of course Brittany's mad. So this is going to be a sensitive thing for Brittany, right? I mean, I mean, she's, I she's not lost one parent, either. so she's going to cling even harder to this other parent. 100%. And so yeah. in the B-roll, they're walking this dog and he's holding the pink leash and it's like everything's fine. You are forgetting, though, that he was in and out of jail for domestic abuse. And right. Let's not forget that. Shan't yeah. forget Dateline wanted us to forget and it to be a very sweet story of a father and daughter coming back together. But in, in Brittany even says, I've forgiven my dad for, you know, a lot of his behavior because he had a really tough life. His he lost my mom and she was the love of his life. And it was like, I think he was not that great of a guy before, though. Like, I don't think that that's necessarily was the cause of a lot, his behavior. I feel like that if, correct, I feel like that if you have also, again, going back to Roxy, if you have a best friend that's saying there were things happening here, and then it goes on that that man then has a history with the police of domestic abuse and assault, mm -hmm. these are these are all right in line. Yeah. Why are we thinking, I don't know, but I'm glad that Brittany was able to forgive, she thinks her dad has turned a corner and was able to forgive him regardless. Sure. Re regardless. Yes. 
And people can change. Some maybe. Unsure. No. That's a that's a loaded statement. Just big statements all around. <laughs> I'm I don't believe that most people can change. So ah, there um, we go. So I don't know why I even said it. So That's all right. um the police you're very you're nice. You're being you're in a nice mood tonight and you're saying nice things about people and I like it. Oh wait till we get to Roxy. So oh. um the police think that there's no reason to think that it was Toby, that there's really no evidence that he was there that night. He had stayed home, no one saw him at the club. Um and the odds No one saw me at the club. <laughs> Just Sorry, the it. odds That's... that she fell out of the car in some capacity. Right. And then was attacked by another person. Well, that's that seems is seems insane. Unlikely. Um, right. But we'll get to that. So the new autopsy, when they exhume the body, says it's a homicide. And this coroner who's doing something again, it's really weird. It's like playing with like pasta. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. It's got to be mold. It's got to be mold. I don't know. I I don't have answers for you. I'm scared now. So she's she's sure after looking at the body that it wasn't an accident. So she pretty much agrees with the first coroner. The first coroner also said didn't think it was an accident. The police are focused on Russell, the bouncer. When they bring him in for questioning, he says right away, well, we weren't even fighting or anything. Like, why would I push her out of the car? They didn't accuse them of fighting. They're just asking him what happened. And he's saying, we're just driving along and we weren't even fighting or anything. But why? Why, uh, that's, why would you say that out of nowhere? But then, why would you not say that if they're assuming that if they're coming at you in a tone that you pushed her out of the car, that would be the first thing I would say. I didn't understand why that was a big deal that they were like, we didn't even say that. You didn't have to say that. If you put two and two together, I know what you're saying, cops. If you think I pushed her, you think we were fighting. Right? Yeah, that I didn't guess. seem like that big of a. I'm not on his side at when all. When you I'm meet to Russell, me, to me, it just felt like that's more just the way he talks. He kind of just correct. says things. I don't feel like Russell's elevator goes 100% to the top floor. So, yeah, I think he's, yeah. So I just think he's. I think he might be under repair. Yeah. <laughs> so, under so it's just an empty chute all the way down and you will fall into it. <laughs> Elevator oh, under repair. Big caution tape. So um, they say, how did she fall out of the car? This The big detective guy, the reason that's important is because he's saying to Dennis, I got in the car and, you know, I was leaning up against the door and I'm a pretty big guy. <laughs> and Dennis. Yeah, Bratton. Yeah. And Dennis is like, mm. Not saying anything. Yeah. And then no. he says... Dennis does a good job. Just completely job. blank face. Yeah. yeah. So he says that, I don't know, I didn't notice anything wrong about the door. He doesn't seem that convincing, though. He's kind of saying, like, well, I just, I was inspecting the car and, you know, I didn't mm. break the door. So he didn't, it doesn't even sound like he was specifically looking at the door to see if it would close right, properly. There's a, there's a big difference also between sitting in the car and then trying to jam it open and then also like driving it on a street and seeing if something happens mechanically and it becomes unlatched and is a little wonky and you got to watch out. Now, for it. he did not institute any sort of um, impounding of the car and doing tests on the car. And no. looking back, he says, that's probably an error. I appreciate him saying that he made a mistake on national television. Good for him. It doesn't help us much. It do but, but it doesn't happen that often. So, But we, I appreciate it. We I always applaud that. They just let the car go. And that the problem is the 
car is now totaled. It, we, it's been 30 years. We have no idea where the, the car is gone. So right. all of this stuff really could have been avoided if we just still had the car. Do you think that the car is in the Avery's um, car yard? <laughs> what are the chances that it wound up as part in of the Mackinac? Avery's? Mac- I keep saying Mackinac, Manitow. Where does Manitow County? Wisconsin. So not that far. This is just a couple states over. Could be. Okay. There are probably other impound means. lots, though. I've but it means of. something. Yeah. It's just, we don't know what Stephen Avery's family had to do with it, but those brothers, something. Yeah. But I feel like Stephen Avery and Russell could have been friends or have met before. They've met before. They've drunk drank at the same bar. Definitely. So they've thrown okay. darts together, maybe. Yeah. Or like thrown bottles in the parking lot. <laughs> Right. Trying to hit pigeons. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, God. So Russell says they were making a turn. So the investigator, mm-hmm. um, he doesn't have the car, obviously, this new investigator. So he mm-hmm. walks the turn where the car would have made. He kind of finds what c- turn it would have been considering what street they were on. But the problem is they we now have fancy d- drone and or Google Earth footage um, right. showing us the street. And the closest turn was over 200 feet from where she was. So that's really, really far for her to have flown. Um, doesn't seem likely. And uh, also hmm. another point that doesn't make sense is her body went one way and her purse went another way. To me, that maybe sounds like she flew out of the car. Maybe it was an accident. He freaked out, threw her purse out of the car, was going to flee the scene changed right. his mind and Forgot decide, the purse was there. decided right. to ask to get for help and pretend he's the stranger that just saw her body. I think I think you might be right, because then he's realizing that Roxy knows that they left the club together. The cops are mm-hmm. going to find him anyways. Do you do you think there's any way that when he was making the curve that he was swerving a little bit? So he took the tur- the curve too hard and he had to overcorrect to the yeah. other way, which would mean someone goes out here, purse goes out there. But I don't know how the purse would fly out of... Does that make sense? It's not a convertible, right? It's just a car. No, it's just a car. What kind of car is it? So the the right the left side no. windows were open also. So it flew... The purse flew across his body and out that window? Or out the back window? The back left window? I, and I'm sorry, the purse... She wasn't holding on... The purse wasn't on her lap? Purse fell out first? I then assumed she fell out? it was on her lap. I, and I just don't understand how she flew out one way, the purse flew out the other way, because the other way is his side of the car. Unless they mean she flew out and to the left and it flew out and to the right. You know what I'm saying? Like she flew out the right side of the car and then she felt fl- was up. And then the purse flew also out the right side of the car, but to the back. I'm sorry, but wouldn't the momentum of a body push her in a different direction than a purse that just goes the thunk? Yeah, but not in an opposite direction, I wouldn't think. Just But the purse wasn't in the opposite direction. The purse is in the middle, which makes me think you're looking at more of an overcorrection of the car. Yeah, that's possible. And then the so she fell out first, then the purse fell out. Then the purse fell out. A little bit further up was the purse first or she first? I think the she was more on the side of the road and the purse was more in the middle of the road. But are they in the same line of like? See, that's what I thought. No. Okay. But I could be wrong. I need to see. We needed more. This is one of the episodes we needed Derek to be allowed to do his magic. And yes, we did. Well, he wasn't working for them. Whatever his name is. 
I think there's Batu. And, I think he wasn't working there yet. Yeah. And he needed, but even now we could have used a diagram of, or a, a reenactment, not a reenactment, a, a computer generated. Reenactment. Yeah, exactly. I, I wish. Imagitainment. Um, <laughs> Isn't that what they call it? I think so. Dennis, I'm glad it's your birthday, but. <laughs> but we should have. You, sh- you should have pushed for this. If he, Or Dennis could have been drawing on a little whiteboard with stick figures. And arrows. No, don't make him draw with stick. I think that would be cute. It'd be like Game of Pictionary. That'd be Aww. really cute. Dennis is a grown man. <laughs> I love Pictionary. So the exactly. Other... <laughs> I'm just kidding. So the other thing is that Russell's saying he's driving down that road. That is not the way to her house. He says he was going to get cigarettes, but the detective mm. realizes that none of the stores in that area were open. Now, you don't we know don't that. We don't know that at that time, 30 years ago, or that Russell knew that they weren't open. Maybe he thought one of them was open. And it's also maybe he knew some, uh, had a buddy that worked at one, knew that they were closing, but knew that he would still let him come in and get cigarettes. You have no idea what the circumstances were. That was a really big statement. Sorry, it, this keeps sounding like I'm sticking up for Russell. I just felt like there were a lot of holes here. I that, agree. Like, I, I could have filled with information. Yes. So, okay. so Brittany wants Russell to pay because she thinks he's the killer and he ruined her life. So... Dennis says he's very playing devil's advocate. And he's like, what would his motivation be? Do you need to know a motive for this? And Brittany says, I just want to know why. Um, That was the best (laughs) in the entire episode. What? That's the same dang thing. Dennis, I wish he had been like, same thing, girl. They They didn't show his face, though. But I'm sure Dennis was kind of like nodding. uh Like, uh mm -hmm. uh-huh. so then, that's what I just said. <laughs> so then we meet Russell's friends. Russell's friends are. They seem very nice. They are. They are like they're boat people. They're lake people, you think? Yes. Lake and boat because he's the captain of a what they call it, a charter boat. But where's the lake? Then they do say later that he holds fish fries. So that was the so thing. So there's fish in the lake. Um, there's fish in them waters. The first friend is a giant man in a sleeveless denim vest. Yes. They say Russell was an amazing guy. He did have a fish fry every year. And I was like, oh, well, then he's definitely not the killer. Um, one of his friends is also his ex-girlfriend. She has the the white hair with the black hair underneath. I, I'm someday. You're going to pull that Someday, Kimberly. Um, I have not been able to pull it off yet because that has to come natural. Amazing. It was shock of white. It looked rad to me. I liked it. Okay. So. All right. They say that everyone loved Russell. So you can mark it off the bingo cards. And they think, well, he would have moved away if he had really done it. He stayed in this town the whole time. But the police aren't sure what to think because these are newer friends. They all like ride motorcycles together and listen to Jimmy Buffett or whatever. I don't really know it. They probably listen to like Skinner. They cannot change. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um. So, But these are his newer friends and they his friends from the 80s say that at that time he was actually a really angry and violent guy with coworkers and with girlfriends. This I don't know what to do with. I know. So the investigators, but now he's a really nice guy, apparently. Drugs, though. Yeah. Drugs. Sure. In the 80s. Yeah, let's blame everything on the drugs. No, no. But what they were saying was that he was like, he would put a fist through a wall. He was like, he had a temper problem. And I'm like, that sounds like cocaine. Yeah, maybe. Right? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just making wild assumptions. 
So the investigators feel like they have enough to bring him in for questioning. And they bring him in for the interrogation. Kinder is wearing the necklace badge, which I do love. They're saying, talk to us. You want to talk to us. And Russell says, I want to talk to you because this needs to be figured out. This is stupid. He's so rough. Um, so he says, this is just stupid. And then he says... The chick fell out of my car again. That made me think he didn't do it. Believe we've said, said this before, chick. never refer to a dead person as a chick. No, but it also made me think he didn't do it for some reason. I was like, well, he's innocent. <laughs> and then he says, you know what? I don't know how she fell out of the car and it still bugs me to this day. I'm Gosh. glad it bugs you. He's too dumb it to have done you. it. Are you ticked? Are you royally ticked? It bugs me, man. It bugs me, man. That chick just fell out of my car. This is stupid. It's stupid, dude. So we we don't know, but he's he's uncouth. That's all we'll say. He is uncouth. So he didn't says he didn't tell the cops right away because he was scared. Um, and he now says, well, maybe because before he's like, I didn't see anything. She just was gone. She just was not in the car. Now he's saying she flew out of the car and her head hit a mailbox. So that's where she got her injuries. There's no mailbox there at that point, at least not now. That's the de- current detective is like, there's no mailbox there. But well, he said pole with a mailbox, mailbox pole. Cr- Did he meet a pole next to a? No, sorry. All right. He comes up with a lot of things when he's later, later on in the episode. He's like listing any kind of um, like any kind of small structure that could be on the side of the road. It was a doghouse, birdhouse, outhouse, (laughs) farmhouse, penthouse, in that there area. So then Kinder says, I'm not buying it, but you know what? Uh, You're treating me with respect. I'm going to treat you with respect, too. I'm not buying it, man. But he it was like, but I'll take you out for a beer when this is all over because I do like you. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to prosecute you to the fullest extent. Sorry, they're not from the South. Yeah, but you are under arrest. <laughs> yeah, so they do arrest him. And his mugshot is like, if well, Fabio never made his millions on the cover of magazines and instead discovered don't say whiskey. There we go. So mm-hmm. Brittany says... She's sure he's going to be convicted because there's these thing called facts. I don't know what those are yet. Dennis doesn't know what those are. We're waiting to hear them. He can't get her to admit that there really aren't any. Um, she is absolutely sure that he killed her mom. 100%. 1, he's the, he's no, the one. No one will change her yeah. mind. She just was so unwilling to accept the fact that there are other possibilities, including the fact that it really was an accident. So as implausible as that sounds, that it's still possible. Anyways, Dennis is trying to, again, devil's advocate, and he says, well, Brittany, if the jury doesn't see it the same way you do and he walks, are you okay with that? And I was like, Dennis, she has made it very clear that she is not okay with that. Are you out of questions, Dennis? What's going on? He's out of questions. He's done. He's out. He's out. She keeps, like, derailing him. She doesn't know what a motive is. This is a mess. Oh, Dennis, you keep me young. You keep yeah, me does. young, my friend. So now we're getting rocks. That's a sweet thing to say to him on his birthday. <laughs> so we've meet the uh, lawyers, the prosecutors, two people, woman with a Susan Powder haircut. And yes, ma'am. man with those huge eyes that are so blue that they're kind of scary looking, like a werewolf. Oh, yeah. Um, Matt, like a werewolf. Matt Bomer. Is that how you say his name? Bo- Bomer? Yeah, I think it's Bomer. I think it's- Who's Bomer? He's so cute. He's on the new season of uh, 
the singer, the sinner. He's so cute. You'd recognize him right away. So Dennis is now walking up the stairs of the courthouse, doing a full-on Aaron Sorkin walk and talk to the camera. Yeah, there we go. Unlike me huffing and puffing, if I have to go up three steps, he's in he's in good shape. And so we go we go to court. And Deb says on the stand that Dana loved life. Mark that off your bingo cards. She also says it at the beginning. So if you have it, oh, mark it off magically twice. on two cards, mark it off twice. It's said twice. Deb is on fire on the stand, like almost literally. She is see she is figuratively seething, and her fierceness is as big as her bangs. Now she yes. she had big bangs. Up, now Deb the up and down. Deb had my mom's bangs, and my mom has offered to teach a YouTube tutorial if you want to know how to do the correct 80s bangs. Yeah, let's do it. She's offered. She's ready. She remembers. I had her walk me through it because I want to make sure she can remember. Um, We do not have the correct hairspray that she used at the time, which was not Aquanet. It was Paul Mitchell Freeze Spray. Interesting. I would have guessed Aquanet because that was my mom's. It was not because it wasn't an aerosol. It was a... Oh, oh. But then the tip would get clogged all the time. I'll never forget it because she used to spray my bangs too. Regardless, um, she saw Deb's hair and was like, oh, I know that hair. Mm-hmm. She We've, knew it well. We but- posted photos on Patreon oh, of her hair like that. Yes. But my but Deb's hair doesn't move. So Deb, Deb's hair was more like a blonde curled helmet, but it looked soft. It did not look it crispy. It didn't look crispy at all. It was a soft curl. She's but with found a, large a good bang. product that works for her. That and does a not hairdo make it that crispy. works for her. Because we we see Deb through the years and the hair does not change. That's true. Deb she's, might be a vampire. She doesn't change no, at all. She's like sticking. literally 82 mm-hmm. to 2016. Same. 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 Everyone else okay. in this episode has aged a thousand years. No, Deb is immortal. And she's so. immortal. Um so the EMT says that this was one of the first scenes he ever saw that didn't make sense to him. I'm sorry. He was the first one on the scene. <laughs> it didn't make sense to him. Ris- misread my notes there. Um, there we go. He said that she had clog shoes on, and which I was shocked by because wouldn't they fly off and kill somebody or go into somebody's window? Do some clogs have a back strap? Yeah, I don't know why you would wear wooden were they the wooden clogs, like the Dutch clogs? I kind of the assumed they were because this was very early 80s, late 70s, you know? It was 82. But did he say clog and mean wedge? That was my other thought. Oh, that's that possible he too. got his footwear wrong, mm. meant a wedged. I'm more clog. comfortable with wedge because a clog is a scary piece of footwear to go flying. You're also never wearing that to a club. I cannot imagine someone wearing wooden clogs to a Club. In the early, early 80s? No, ma'am. I can. A clog? I don't know. What do I know about shoes? But he says she was wearing one of them and the other one was nearby. I feel like they both would have flown off and they weren't scuffed up. He thought they would have been scuffed up. So, okay. so yeah. the prosecutors Stop. are hitting Russell's story hard because they feel like it changed a lot of times. I don't really feel like it changed that times. He did live right away. The mailbox was a new addition, but... Right. The biggest jump was between him saying he was there and wasn't. Well, he was we she was of... a neighbor and he was the one who was driving. Yeah. Right. I'm not a neighbor. I'm sorry, a stranger. She was a stranger. Yeah. Right. The coroner, the new coroner, says that the skull shows that it, she was beaten 
three times. There were three impacts and it's not at all consistent with falling out of a car, which I was like, how many people have you seen as a coroner that are falling out of cars? That was actually my question too. How many, like I would have liked to have seen. Maybe in the 80s before like seatbelts were big, but this is current and this coroner is, hasn't been a coroner for 30 years. Maybe has she? Maybe she has. Has she? I don't know. She might be immortal too. Yeah. But so, so prosecutors think that he tried to get like busy with her intimate and she didn't want his advances. She pushed him off. He um, attacked her. She tried to get out of the car. Something happened. They still don't really know. They call a former patrol officer in a gorgeous purple cable knit sweater and he had Mm -hmm. been patrolling And he found the back end of a pool cue near the scene. This is where I said, remember, they had Toby, his B-roll was playing pool. But they, yeah. So the kinder had asked Russell about this pool cue in the interrogation. And Russell had said, I did play pool. I used to play pool, but I never carried a cue with me. And, and then he kind of loses it. And he's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there with you. No, no, dude, she fell out of the car. So he's not happy yeah. about this pool cues, you know, no. association. The prosecutors admit to Dennis they really don't know if this pool cue is the weapon, but it might be. So they can't do that, though. It is, I don't. It's reasonable okay. doubt because maybe it was the pool cue that it was found in this field. No, it's reasonable doubt that it might not be the pool cue. Well, you can't, and that the material on it. Okay, never mind. So they're they're about to face a forensic scientist and a bucket full of doubt, says Dennis, which I thought I don't I don't know where that comes from. Uh, Had we met the defense attorney already at this point? Have you introduced him to our listeners yet? No. Okay. Um, So as we come back, Lester (laughs) says there's a gap in the files and some people's memories. And some people's teeth. (laughs) You can say that, but I can't say it. So he doesn't have teeth. He's missing four or five teeth. Who in the is front. Russell? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're gonna get to it, but no, I, that's a statement of fact. That's not a. That's not a diss. That is a. That is an absolute. It's not mean. It's the truth. I don't know what happened to his teeth. Okay, so we come back from commercial, and it, Dennis is talking about how snow has fallen. It's winter in Ohio, and Brittany has picked her way through the ice and snow to get to the courtroom. Russell has a ton of friends in court to support him. They'd even thrown a fundraiser for him to raise money for his defense, which I thought was very Mm -hmm. nice. And they said it was a great party and people sang and there was food. Sounds like a good time. That sounds like a good time. I don't know what that's like anymore in 2020. What is a party? One of Russell's friends thinks that he's being targeted because he's a biker. I don't think that's it. But I did realize at this point, I know why Russell likes bikes. No doors. Oh, because he's scarred? Yeah. That's an interesting, that's an interesting thought. Good for you Mm -hmm. with interesting thoughts. I like that. I therapized him. I better helped him. Now, Russell's defense attorney's hair and beard. Um, And face and body and persona. My mom wanted to be his girlfriend. I could see that. My mom said, who's that? (laughs) Is he the murderer? (laughs) I said, get out of here. Get out of here with your thing. And then I said, and then both her and I said at the same time, he's probably a jerk. Because apparently my mother shares my horrible, 
yes. horrible bias of attractive people that immediately don't like them. So her first instinct was, he's very handsome. I want to be his girlfriend. Second reaction, he's probably not very nice. <laughs> we don't like him. You guys are so prejudiced. He's handsome. You're luxist. So luxist, and I'm sorry. I, but- I think I thought he was cute, maybe, but I was so distracted by the abundance of facial hair and the wild and free salt and pepper hair which he was he was handsome. It, he was rugged in the right way. He was mountain man, showered rugged. Until the trial and they showed his man bun and I thought I like him better with the beard and the man bun. But then later when he's talking to Dennis, he has cut the man bun off, I think, and just let his but it's still wild and free. It's like he literally took a pair of scissors, cut the man and bun and just let and it then go. didn't never never trimmed. There was no You know shaping. who he looks like is Mutt. Shit's Creek. Oh, maybe. Uh, he looks like Mutt. What? Mutt has like jet black hair. and So Mutt in 15 years. Huh? Okay, maybe. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I can see that. So it's not my look, but I could see that people would think it was attractive. So I, I like a man bun. I'm not going to lie. I know. It's terrible. People are going to come No, it's fine. A lot of me. people like man buns. A lot of people also like rugged, handsome, mountain-looking men with with sharp blue eyes mm-hmm. and that are well-smoked and smart. Lots of people it's like, like if, that too. like if Archer grew out his hair it and facial hair. It is kind of like Archer, yeah, a little bit. So the defense attorney um, tells every asks everyone on the stand, well, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And of course there's things they don't remember. And so they make it look like no one remembers anything. But in reality, this was like 30 years ago and it was one case in their career. It might not have been the one that stood out to them. So they probably don't remember every detail anyways and there don't right. seem to be a lot of files that can we can look to to find out the truth of the matter so correct the defense points out how much of this evidence is gone and the poor big guy he's up there and he's admitting that he didn't take notes that say that he went into the car or that he tested the door and then we find out that the pool cue is gone so where was okay so there's that. They did test it. So I guess they found it. I don't really understand no, they tested this. It. Dennis is the long gone pool, pool cue. And I was like, but then they, they did test it for blood and it was negative for blood and hair. So that must not be true. They must have found it. They find the pool cue. The guy, the some guy on the street finds it, right? He no, found it like out down the street. Found it. Yeah, an officer found it. Oh, an actual officer? Oh. Yeah, they don't know that that was actually a weapon, but they did test it and it doesn't have blood or hair on it. I'm sorry, they also don't know that it came out of the car, right? Correct. It was literally just found some yards from that area where her body was found. But it is a coincidence. It is a coincidence that the marks from a pool cue would match that sort of injury on the head. Yes. Now, Russell Owen Court. Russell's has aged. Um, his smile is upside down and he's chewing something. You mean he's frowning? <laughs> no, it's one of those literal smile upside downs kind of frowns. Oh, yeah. Um, so after the second autopsy, they had gotten DNA under her fingernails and the male DNA under her fingernails. There was male DNA. It was not Russell's. Did they test it to Toby? That's what we need to know. That's the question. We don't know. They don't tell us that. Did they run it against in COVID period? Because Toby has been arrested. So did we get a hit? Did you run it 
or just run it against that one? I'm assuming they didn't get a hit, but I'm also, it could be just making an assumption. It could just be anyone in the club that she was dancing with. And scratched. Hmm. How much DNA was it? I don't know. Was it like she had scratched someone? I don't know. Did he have scratches on him when they picked him up the first night, Russell? Again, we don't know because that file would be gone. But also, I don't feel like the detective really looked or took pictures of his arms or anything. Here's the deal. The detectives at the time didn't think Russell did it because they didn't arrest him. Right. That's this is the biggest thing. And also, I think, honestly, he should have been arrested at that moment for involuntary manslaughter. I think that that's an, there is absolutely a case there for that. So why he wasn't arrested, period, is kind of beyond me. Especially because he lied and said she was a stranger. Especially because he lied. But so many people in the town thought it was Toby that I guess it threw them. Or maybe they just thought it was an accident. I don't know. Um, okay. All right. But then the defense attorney says, well, even if you don't believe his words, which we don't, we don't, we're not sure if we believe Russell's words. Some right. Katie thinks she believes his words. So no, I don't know. Don't don't say that. We're not sure yet. You liked when he said that chick fell out of the car. I did. I felt like that to me in my stupidity made me think innocent. I don't know because it's not rehearsed. Because it's not because like- it wasn't rehearsed. Because it's like I'm still dealing with this. She fell out of the car. I don't feel like that's how you would act if you had pushed her out of the car. I think you'd be a little more serious than that. And this guy's like. I can't, like, it was an accident. I'm like, I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. I'm a boat captain because I don't <laughs> want to be on land anymore. He, they say, well, he did lie, but he also knocked on doors at three in the morning to try to get the police there. So that doesn't he did. seem like, an, that seems like an innocent man. So he could have just driven off. Now, the original coroner is, of course, dead. Uh, so they can't interrogate him but they bring in warner spitz who we've had on dateline before who's very famous for jfk and casey anthony i think he's known to take any which way the money goes he's maybe a, a bit fame fame hungry back, yeah maybe back to the left maybe is that him um no. so i don't i couldn't believe they were affording him like, how are they affording him? They that raised fundraiser? a lot of money at that fundraiser. They had, no, they did have Skinner play at the fundraiser. Yeah. Like, he is friends with a band, something. Wow. So um, he thinks it was only one impact on a hard, flat surface. So basically the opposite of our current coroner who says that it's three. And she thinks it was like an object. So he thinks it was her hitting her head one time and it's shattering yeah. in three places. Where was the hit? Back of the head. Where in the back of the head? At the top of the back of the head? Or they were saying well, it was the at the Well, the prosecutor nape. Sh- makes it look like... Um, it was at the nape of the head. A little the bit above the, the nape. I like saying nape. There are three small abrasions on her elbows and shoulders that they say go along with her just falling out of the car. But they're small abrasions. Like, Deb didn't even see them at the hospital. Um, they're two inches. Wouldn't you have mm-hmm. way bigger gashes if you rolled out of a car? It was moving. That I seems, don't know. Again, we don't know what she was wearing, though. Which, how fast was the car how going? How fast was the car going? Was she wearing I sleeves? Velocity times sleeves uh-huh. squared mm-hmm. minus um, drunk. Mm-hmm. No, input. No, times you, times drunk to the highest power. Maybe she was a vampire slayer and she heals faster. I was trying to do your math equation again. I like it. I don't think that you ever left that in, did you? 
So it's it's hard to listen to. It's it's like painful. <laughs> I think I left. I think I had to take it out because I couldn't get through it. It was like that kind of thing where I'm like, no. So I shan't. Roxy does take the stand, but she asked the judge that her testimony not be filmed. Now Why I'm. Is that? I'm not saying that it's because she wasn't wearing court-appropriate attire, but I think it's a safe bet to say that her outfit wasn't both stylish and comfortable because it wasn't beta brand. So... Oh, but you don't know. We can't say... Allegedly, she was not wearing beta brand. I don't think she was wearing beta brand. So beta brand pants are dress pants that are literally as comfortable as yoga pants. A lot of people are working from home now. You're video conferencing with people. And you're kind of looking and seeing what they're wearing and you're looking down at your own pants and they might look okay, but they dig in into your stomach so you can uh. breathe. And then the second the conference calls over, you have to unbutton so you can digest and then you want to go put your PJs back on again. So yeah. beta brand dress pant yoga pants are as comfortable as your PJs, but yeah. they have a professional style and they'll make you feel like you actually got dressed for the day. And when you actually get dressed for the day, when you're working from home, you are basically superwoman and unstoppable. So correct. Yeah, it's really the best feeling in the world. Their customer favorite dress pant yoga pants are made from wrinkle resistant stretch knit fabric. And they are so comfortable. Like I said, you can actually breathe in them. But at the same time, they hold you in in the right places and they make your mm -hmm. tushy look really good. They mm -hmm. have tons of styles like boot cut, straight cut, skinny, cropped, eight pocket. I think we all know that I have the eight pocket because I love a pocket. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm going to get the cropped ones for the warmer weather. And that, those were my favorite. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited. I'm trying to talk my mom to it. But side note, my mom actually used our code to buy them for my sister. Nice. They're perfect for her. Right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order. That's Woo! crazy. When they go to betabrand.com forward slash Dateline, that's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com forward slash Dateline. Find out why women are buying five pairs of these pants and loving every single one of them. They're basically replacing their whole wardrobe with Beta Brand. Yeah. Again, go to betabrand.com forward slash Dateline for 25% off. Every listener that has used our code and has gotten Beta Brand has profusely thanked us. So check them out, guys, really. You won't be sorry. I think you'll be really surprised by what good quality and style and comfort all come together. Yes. So Roxy eventually does sit down with Dennis. This is where we get Roxy. Now, she first of all wishes that Brittany would talk to her. She feels like Brittany thinks that she's the bad guy, but she really yeah. was Dana's best friend and they plan to raise their children together. And then she talks about how she was even the one who did her makeup at the funeral. She like did the makeup. I gotta say, I almost started crying. I couldn't really handle it. I don't know what I would do. She's like, I did her makeup for the last time and that one got me. Oh, because you like to do makeup. Awful. Well, because I would do it. I would do it but for I'm like, any of my friends. But I'm like, isn't there a person at the funeral home that does the makeup? Well, maybe that was just something she wanted to do because she knew how she would want to look and so made sure that she would look a certain way. And like, it just, it broke my heart. Yeah, it's a rough. Lot. That's yeah. why you liked Roxy so much. That's not why I liked Roxy. I feel like we... I feel like Roxy had something to say. She and does. And this is part is fascinating. She says mm -hmm. that when they were getting the ride from the bouncer, the bouncer said to them, don't forget. And she said she knew what he meant. He meant 
that that door on the passenger side was so broken that they always right. had to get in the driver's side because right. if it didn't close right, it would just open. So she said they stopped at Roxy's house and Dana got out to use the bathroom. And then yeah. Roxy put her back in the car and then closed the passenger door. And put her back in the car is also her friend is really, really drunk. drunk. Yeah. And Dennis is like, do you blame yourself? Maybe you didn't close that door right. She said, yeah, every day. I think I didn't close that door right. And so Roxy just thinks it was a freak accident. And you at first you were thinking that that's not even possible. But now I'm thinking that actually does sound kind of possible. Like if that door was an accident, if that door was really broken, I guess it could just open. So well, and what what reason does Roxy have to make this up? Right, it makes Roxy look the worst of anyone. I get, yeah, it does. It makes she was the one who closed the door. Put your friend in the back seat and let her friend go home with this bouncer. But so, or she thinks this is where Roxy loses me, because she's so sure it's just a freak accident, or it could be Toby, and so she thinks. Which it just, I don't feel like it can be both. In my head, it's very hard for me to wrap around that she could have fallen out of the car, survived such a freak accident. And then Toby, who was maybe following them because he was jealous and violent, he was driving behind the car. And then he came up after seeing her fall out of the car and chose to beat her to death. Yeah. In the same place, in the back of the head, where maybe she would have gotten... She had no injuries from falling out of the car except for a scraped elbow. And then he beat her in the back of the head because he was so mad that she was driving home with this bouncer. I feel like the, however mad you would be, this seeing her fly out of a car would make you be like, oh my gosh, are you okay? I'm not mad at you anymore. Are mm. you okay? I don't know if I'd go that far, but yes, I think, I don't know. It's just- I think I think she definitely shouldn't have said that in court. It weakens her story, even if she does think that maybe there's a chance that happened. So she thinks Toby was like the worst person ever. She said that um, Dana had gone so far to say, if anything happens to me, it's him, which is on our extreme bingo cards because it's rare. But when it happens, that's very powerful. And it usually is that person. Um, The night they were going out to go to the club, Toby and Dana were having this huge fight and he came out of the room and said, there be word, now go out. And uh, Roxy looked at Dana and Dana's face was all beaten up. Again. She didn't say beaten up. She said she'd she looked like she'd been roughed up a bit. Yes. Like something she was like rumpled. I don't know if she was like, she wasn't black eyed. I thought her face was swollen, but I could be wrong. I really wish that they had looked at that at the hospital. Right. But then it would have been hard to tell, no, right? It was. That's true because the side of her head was so um, swollen. swollen. He, she also says that he raped her that night. And that's, again, that's a big accusation. It's a huge accusation. We don't know if the original autopsy checked to see if she had been sexually assaulted. Um, mm. We don't know if she had any of these injuries. Also, she was raped and like beaten up and then decided to go dancing. Um, that's a little strange. Yeah. I think she's 19 and that's, I think that the the picture that Roxy's trying to paint is this is her world. Right. She has an abusive man that she has a baby with and that this was not, this was something that happened often. Right. I don't know how much of this she told the police. 
because we don't know if they looked into any of this. Yeah. So that's frustrating. That's a question too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Brittany doesn't think that this is true. She thinks Roxy's full of crap. She doesn't think he beat her up or raped her. She thinks that her mom was the type to not deal with that. So you've heard stories right. about her, but presumably the family did not know what was happening at home. So they did. She seemed very tough, but maybe at home something else was happening. We don't Correct. know. So for Brittany just to dismiss it because she wants to love her dad and wants to have a parent in her life. Totally get it. Totally makes sense. I do totally get it. But I also I feel like I, I again, why would Roxy lie about this? That's true. Although I tend to think that maybe Roxy was thinking of a different night that she got confused. That could have happened too. Um, because I almost just as, I mean, Toby was like fully crying with tears when he said that she said she loved him when she left, when he left that night and that he was tired from work. So the two stories are so different. I think they went out quite a bit. I think they went out a lot. So yeah, it definitely could have been a different night. Um, but if they went out a lot, how come she didn't know the box, the bouncer? Did she know Russell? Sorry, Roxy did, but... Yeah, I don't know if they always went to that club or it did seem like they went to that club a lot. Um, I don't know. Okay. So she mm -hmm. thinks Toby was following them. He was jealous. And then he attacked her after she fell out of the car by accident. She thinks maybe. Maybe. If, if it wasn't an accident, then that is how it happened. Right. Is what she says. And then she says something that, again, would have been really nice to have heard from the police which is that his alibi of where he was that night was four trailers away from where her body was found. So was he at home? What? So was he not at home? Was that their home that he was at? Or did he say that he went to go hang out with someone else? Because he had said he was tired and sleeping. So did Russell, did she fall out of the car four trailers from the house? It's like, it's such a, and Dateline just moves past that. And I was like, what? Wait, what is that? Oh, well, now I'm really confused. Really? Yeah. So. Crap. What's that? What? I'm so confused. So. Yeah, me too. I really want to know, though. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So All right. Toby says when Dennis brings it up that it's totally a crock of crap and it's Roxy's just making up stories. None of this is true. Okay. Now, right. then a lot of the police thought that maybe Roxy was covering up for Russell the bouncer, because that was her boyfriend. And Roxy says, okay. absolutely no, we were just friends. And she was my best friend. If he had done anything, I would never be like sticking up for him. So I kind of believed that. Um, yeah, me too. People on Twitter, not so sure. So what? now it's time okay. for jury deliberation. It's after five hours. They can't reach a decision. The judge asked them to try again. And an hour later, they are hung. Way soon, they don't even go home and or go to sleep you got to sleep on it once and try again the next day. I don't go for this six hours and they're like to give up. So the prosecutor asks the juries why they couldn't decide. And apparently they did not believe that she fell out of the car. None of them believed. Again, we would if they had the car as evidence, then the jurors could have seen the car. But they right. they don't know how she got her injuries. So they're just not sure. They needed some evidence to win over the next jury if they were going to go to trial again. So they want There's to... There's too many questions, yes. basically. So yeah. they want to re-exhume her body. So they want to do a exhumation to Pete. 
and yeah. they want to use the skull in the courtroom. So, like Hamlet, like a full on like Hamlet. So they think that the skull will show the injury better than photographs will. And it's at this point that the blue eyed prosecutor pretends to hit the Susan Powder to prosecutor in the back of the head to show where they think the injury was. Mm-hmm. The coroner thinks it's a good idea, but she doesn't want the skull to wind up in some evidence room and like not ever get buried again. And Dennis says, yeah, and some people think this is where the soul survives. The coroner is like, I'm a science-based person. What's a soul? Um, what are you talking about? But that was a little Dennis hint right there. It's a little religious, Dennis. That was interesting. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Uh-huh. So they exhume the body again and with Brittany's permission. The next trial begins a few months later. And um, Dennis says, this has to be god-awful for you. He says, god-awful. They're walking around like Hamlet, carrying around this skull. They're showing the skull's injuries to the jury. But the defense this time has brought new things, too. First of all, the man bun is gone. Second of all, Dr. Spitz takes the stand again and says he shows pictures of a skull from a French case with a similar injury where a man fell out of a minivan. I was like, French people drive minivans? That can't be right. I think Um, it's like one of those Mercedes ones that are tall and boxy and high. I I think I know what he's, I think I think it's like a normal minivan. So Dr. Spitz is more certain than ever that it's a fall from a car. I would like to think that he was certain before because he was prosecuting someone's life, but he's more certain now. Now, He's really, he's doubly sure. yeah. Yeah. So now we get Roxy's testimony in the second trial. And this was an OMG moment, and I don't understand it. She admits that she saw a pool cue in Russell's car the night of the accident. And Dateline brushes right over this. And I didn't know if she told the police this back then. And I don't know. It's She either wants to defend Russell and say it was an accident or say it was Toby. In no world does she ever try to blame Russell for doing it on purpose. So the Q story, I felt like, has to be true because she's not going to make it up to make him look guilty. I feel like some, like she told someone back then and they didn't bring it up at the first trial for some reason, or they did bring it up at the first trial and Dateline doesn't show us, or Roxy recently told the cops this. Um, not realizing how it could hurt Russell or she blurted out by accident or she really did want to hook up with Russell during the first trial. So she defended him. And then when it was a hung jury and he got to go home, they finally did start to date, but then he dumped her because she was a little much. And then she is now trying to throw (laughs) blame onto him by adding this pool cue story at the last minute. I'm so confused. Yes. To all of that. Yes. (laughs) Your honor. That's what happened. Which one? Yes. <laughs> Do you understand? No, I really don't. It doesn't make any sense. I was like, we are, she's all over the map to me. So it's hard. That's too, because, why like, maybe I wanted people to, don't believe her because she's so all over the map. I wanted to believe all Roxy's and now I don't know what to do. Hashtag I believe her. some Roxy's. <sighs> Hashtag why Roxy? Why? <laughs> So, I just don't get it. I don't. But I mean, I, is she just unbelievably honest? And this is actually what she saw. Like she, the, the door was messed up and there was a pool cue. Draw your conclusions. I don't possible, know what that means. Is it possible that she did fall out of the car as an accident, 
but she wasn't dead. So he had to kill her so that he wouldn't get in trouble. And then he was going to, but then he called the police. Why would he kill her? He didn't. It was an accident, but then he killed her because she would blame him for the, it was maybe putting an animal out of its misery or just trying to you think so? cover up. No, I don't. I don't understand it. Because then two minutes later, or 40 minutes later, we don't know, he started knocking on doors to get help. So I do think that now that I'm hearing the pool cue story, I'm more confused than ever. And I'm more leaning towards Russell, whereas before I was not leaning towards Russell. But, but the pool cue that they did find did not have yeah. any blood or hair on it. But we don't know exactly when they found it, if the elements could have gotten rid right. of that by then. Um, right. So it's it's just so good. There's so much information we don't have. Right. We need. Well, and there's so much information that it seems like the jury doesn't have. Right. Which is more important. I mean, we need information because we need it for this podcast. But really, the jury needs the jury. Because they're needs trying to decide on a man's life. Correct. It's yeah. equally important as what we're doing here. It's just. I did not say that on purpose. I am saying it. You just said it. Okay. (laughs) We are entertaining people. And in this time of crisis, it is just as important as deciding on a man's fate. Whatever floats your charter boat. Go ahead. So I don't understand. I really am just so utterly confused by the pool cue. Yeah, me too. So Russell is going to sit down with Dennis and I am very nervous for Dennis. But yeah. first, are you scared to go to the grocery store because your door might fly right off the car and you'll lose all the bags you spent an hour shopping for? And then you might be accused of those groceries murder. Yes. Terrified. I understand. It's a common fear. HelloFresh is for you. Their yes. recipes are so delicious. They have seasonal chef curated re- recipes every week. And there's something for everyone. They have low-cal, they have vegetarian, family-friendly recipes, and they also have more five-star recipes than any other meal delivery company. They're just that good. Amazing. I love HelloFresh because it's so fast. I don't want to spend hours cooking and planning and cleaning up. These meals that you can get on the table in about 30 minutes, they even have 20-minute meals. It's the perfect amount of sitcom time because you start working as you're hearing, thank you for being a friend. And by the time Blanche is apologizing for sleeping with Rose's cousin Sven, the food is ready. Perfect. Also, I love how much, much like Blanche, HelloFresh is flexible and fits into your lifestyle. So you can change your delivery days or food preferences. You can skip a week. You can also add extra meals or lunches or sides like garlic bread. There we go. And desserts like cookie dough. There we go. What? HelloFresh, where have you been my whole life? I am loving it. I feel like I've gained more confidence in the kitchen and I've learned new skills in my cooking and dare I say pride even. I'm also becoming more adventurous in what I'm eating because normally I just eat the same like four things. And now Mm -hmm. I'm trying new things like black bean and poblano flautas. Wow. Which is just as fun to say as it is to eat. Oh, yeah. So try America's number one meal kit by going to HelloFresh.com forward slash date dateline 10 and you get 10 free meals, including free shipping by using the code date dateline 10. You get 10 free meals, including free shipping by going to HelloFresh.com forward slash date dateline 10 and using the code date dateline 10. So... 
That's a really good deal. Give them a shot, guys. It's they're great. Can't say enough good things. So thank you, HelloFresh. Thank you, HelloFresh. Now Dennis is sitting down with Russell. I was very scared for Dennis. Russell is a large man, and I was like, don't kill Dennis on his birthday. But Russell was very polite to Dennis. Obviously, Dennis. Was he? I he was fine. He tried. Okay. What he, was he doing? Okay. I don't know what he was doing. His Russell did not testify in court, which I thought was smart, but he could have pulled a comb through his hair when he's sitting down with Dennis. Not smart. Um yeah. he said he says odd things. He says I heard the door close and she was gone. And I was like, I think you mean you heard the door open or did she fall out of the car and then close the door or did? No, I think he fell. I think again, what I was talking about, the wide turn, she's opening the door to throw up. He's taking the turn. She's not paying attention to whether they're going to turn or Mm -hmm, not. mm -hmm. He overcorrects and then hears the door slam because it's shutting. Shutting. Right. And she was heavy doors. Right. Would leaning over and throwing up and then you got thrown, you could still get hit in the back of the head, I guess. That's, no, that's the problem that I have. Where she was hit, if that is the initial impact is in the back, that's confusing. I just feel like there's a lot of, whenever I've seen people jump out of a car on TV, they there's mm-hmm. a lot of rolling. Right, but if you do it on accident, right, I, don't I feel know like it's like. more like you're hitting yourself right head on the top first. of your head. Yeah, it's forehead. But like up here. Oh, no. up the crown. Because she's leaning over to throw up. Mm. She like flips her body. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in no way does it make sense for the back of the head mm. to be the point of impact. I see me. what you're saying. Yeah. Like a somersault almost out of the car. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. Head first. Yeah. So he says to Dennis, the injuries came from a mailbox or street signs. Oh, my goodness. Or paper boxes, which I think he means newspaper machines like I don't, I don't know yeah there like we the, go where yes. you put in a quarter but nowadays you put in like a dollar and a quarter or something and you get a newspaper is that what he means exactly so yes that's what he means um again we don't know if there were things like that then because it's not in the notes or the notes are gone and the detective says there were no mailboxes at that time he does i don't know if he knows so dennis says oh, to russell the velocity and the momentum flew her into the mailbox. Russell um, says he doesn't know if she jumped out or she was getting sick. Totally a good theory. He saw nothing. And Dennis says, will you change your story? Were you concerned about your own skin? Which I thought was so like gumshoe of Dennis. Um, Yes, it was. And he said, well, my persona of the police was they'll do whatever. So the, that's not a sentence. That's not so a sentence. What, but what are we trying to he's say? He's saying that he thinks the police will frame somebody or do whatever. And uh, they okay. were out to get him. So he was, for some reason, because he is this record, he they were out to get it. Now, right. Dennis says the mailbox story isn't plausible. And Russell says, well, why not? <laughs> Dennis says, how much weight would you put on this bad door? And his face gets all big and he goes, all of it, all of it. Like he wishes the jury had seen the bad door. And so do I. That really could have answered pretty much this whole thing. So he says they have nothing. And it's not like on TV where they have DNA and blah, blah, blah. He says, blah, blah, blah. He's not, he's not a wordsmith. (laughs) He's what, what is the opposite of a wordsmith? Right. But he, I don't know. I'm that big of a wordsmith that I don't even know the word for that. Like a shrug, shrugsmith. He <laughs> yeah. just shrugs yeah. and like sort of makes a noise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Um, he's very terse. That's when you don't okay. use a lot of words, right? I don't think he has a lot of words. I don't know how big his vocabulary is. <laughs> yeah, that's tr- okay. So he he says, okay, this part got me. This part made me change my opinion once again on Russell. But I think it's just because oh he's um, rough, a rough rider. Okay. Um, a rough diamond. Yeah, a diamond in the rough. So yeah. um, Dennis says, what do you think about Brittany? She's the daughter of the victim and you are sitting right next to her in court. And I was expecting the Dateline answer, which is, I'm so sorry she has to go through this and I don't blame her. I know she's angry and she needs someone to blame and she lost her mom. Instead, he says, Mm. I can't say it on TV. I was not expecting the Dateline answer. I thought it was a loaded question from Dennis. (laughs) I was like, you know he hates her guts. They hate each other. He, it's a real yeah. answer. It's like a re, it's a real answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now they're waiting for the verdict. The verdict finally comes at 1 a.m., which is like, what is happening? First, the jury. How does that happen? The first jury, you let them go after six hours. And then this jury, they don't get to go to bed. You to make them. And then everyone just has to wait. They're all sleeping in the courtroom. So at 1 a.m., there's a verdict. I just thought they would wait until the morning. They find mm. him guilty. And the Brittany and the family are thrilled. The defense and Russell's friends are shocked. They lead Russell away. And again, not the dateline. It's okay. I'll be okay. Uh, what does he do as they're walking him off? Flips him the bird. Yep. Flips the old bird. I couldn't tell if it was to Brittany, if it was to the whole family, if it was to the system, <laughs> to God. To the jury? I, no, because they usually take the jury out by then, I feel like. I think it was to Brittany. I feel like it was probably to Brittany. But yeah. they don't address it on Dateline. They show the clip, but they don't address it. But that was pretty funny that they showed the clip. I they know. blurred it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he gets life in prison. And Brittany thinks she's vindicated her mom and her dad's reputation. But mm. the public defenders uh, take the case. And they think he's not getting a fair trial. Because... Witnesses have died in the meantime. Boxes of evidence were lost. There's no real right. new evidence because right. the stuff they found out about the skull, they technically could have done if they had just done it earlier, like when they first had the body. She, well, uh, But yeah. they did use some new techniques with the skull, like some new bone cleaning techniques or something. But they're trying to say basically there's nothing really new that time has helped. Time has only hurt the process. Right, because there is no new DNA that shows that his DNA was under her fingernails, etc. There's DNA, but it's not pointing at him. Yeah. So um, Brittany says, well, no, she's not nervous. She should have been. They actually decide that time was such a hindrance and it's not fair. He can't get a fair trial because of all this stuff, because it's been too long. And people right. have died and they've no new evidence and they've lost evidence. So right. um, they throw out the conviction and he's literally like thrown out of prison that day. They wow. they say the long delay in charging him was not given, you know, fair because they never tried him originally. They just did this all Correct. recently. So Aunt Deb and Brittany are horrified. They think a murderer is walking free. Brittany believes he's guilty and nothing will change her mind. But Russell is happy to be out. But at the same time, he is bitter AF. And he he is peeved. 
Well, he how much money does he owe those lawyers? That's true. Who did all those appeals and stuff? He's broke well, as a stone. Well, the fundraise, he says he like lost everything he had. He did. Um, I guarantee you he lost everything he had to get out of prison. Yeah. Like he it ruined his life. Yeah. Um, but if he I mean, I don't I don't know. What do you think happened here? What the heck happened? I'm so confused. I keep going back and forth in my head. I'm really curious to hear what our listeners if what they did Twitter even say? could understand our recap, then they I could. I You did an excellent job. Then I just I want to know what, what happened. Can you I tell me the consensus? I kind of want to know what Dennis said. Like, yeah, what me does too. Dennis think? Well, did they give? Did Dateline producers or anyone give us any extra information that might help us here? No, not. What did Twitter think? Did Twitter think he was guilty no matter what because of the teeth? Um, no. Am Patty said Aunt Deb's banks are dope. Um, yeah. Let's see. Robert Sharilla said the coroner looks like she's making the charcuterie tray. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, Ergo says he looks like a less put together David Lee Roth. Um, Mm. Mad World says Russell Atkins looked like Harry from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, kind of. Fried hair. Um, But nobody said anything. They only talk about looks. I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, But those aren't generally the ones you write down. I was wondering if you got a sense like when you read through like. Yeah, they got a sense that Roxy was full of drama and not they did not believe her. Really? Yeah. Okay. Not um, any of what she said. They think she Nothing. looks like the girlfriend who would sleep with your man and go out, go with you to the bar after. Why do they think that? I don't know. That's I what didn't people, see that at all. That's okay. what people thought. Um, all right. And. I guess. I don't know. I don't think so. Bodie says Toby looks like Joe Exotic's perfect man candy. <laughs> and. Anna Christine one two three said, "Recent Russ looks are my quarantine hairstyles." So oh, there we go. Um, no one. Um, I think they did not believe anything. I think they were at okay. our our. Th- I either believe everything or nothing. In this case, I guess I believe. N- what do you scratch. think happened? I kind of think it was just an accident. I kind of yeah. think it was just an accident. Not that I think Doctor Spitz is any is that reliable. He is really like renowned. He's done a lot of autopsies, but I also think he's a little fame hungry and he goes for these high profile cases and he costs a lot of money. Um, so I'm not saying this coroner who was making a charcuterie tray wasn't, I don't know what people didn't seem that impressed with her. Um, so mm. they thought she was a little robotic. Um, but that's her job. That's guys. Her, okay. her, you can't, yeah, we, that could be cause she's really good at her job in science. Correct. You can't say that about like, that's not a personality thing. That's going to be something else. I just don't. I think people from the get go really didn't trust Roxy, though. There was a lot of that. And if you don't trust Roxy, then you have to think either it was. If you don't trust Roxy, then you think it was either Russell on purpose or. Toby by accident. And that doesn't make sense. Um, mm. It has to be the car. It has to be Russell was did something because he never would have said she fell out of the car by accident if she hadn't fallen out of the car by accident, unless something happened. I'm like, he had something to do with it. He could have pulled her out of the car and beat her up and then said she fell out of the car. But something happened with him. And I, I would have can't understand it also happening with Toby 
I would like to hear what the ex-wives of Russell have to say. Right. The ex-girlfriend, the people that said that he, he was, was abusive. Uh-huh. I would like to know. I would like to hear in what way. And were they afraid for their life? Like what, what sort of thing yeah. are we talking about here? Could he just flip? Like if you said no to him, for example. Also, did he have a drug problem during that time? I actually feel like that's kind of important to know. Yeah. Also, was he the type that would try to get frisky with her? And then if she said no, he would. But I don't understand. So would he have stopped the car, pushed the door open, pushed her out of the car? Would he have gotten out of the car, stopped the car, gotten out of the car, pulled her out of the car, and then turned her over and hit her on the back of the head? With a pool cue? No, I feel like it would almost be the kind of thing where she was bending over to throw up and he hit her on the back of the head with the pool cue and she fell out of the car. Why would he do that? Because she had just turned him down? Don't know. Because they were about to get kissed and she said, I got to throw up instead? Don't know. Prone to violent rages? Drugs? Again, drugs, 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 drugs. Like, is there something, something that would put him in a different mind? It's like, nah, man, she's laughing at you. Like something telling him in his head. Right. You know? I want everyone to watch this episode and like in the comments, I don't need to hear about all the stupid mistakes I made because I know I did. I want to hear. It's fine. I do all the time. I honestly want to hear opinions. Yeah. And why. What do you guys think actually happened here? Do you think there really was a pool cue in the car? Do you think it was the murder weapon? Do you think she just fell and it was an accident? Do you think Toby was following them and saw her fall out of the car? Because if Toby did it, she also fell out of Russell's car because he said that and there's no reason for him to say that. So Correct. Um, so it has to be both or no Toby at all. Like it I can't think just be Toby. It's definitely not just Toby. She fell out of the car. The question is, did she fall out because she was hit on the head and he pushed her out of the car? Or did she fall out of the car and was totally awake and fine because the car wasn't going that fast? How fast did he say the car was going? I don't know. It was like a residential neighborhood, but he did say that he said it accelerated. He felt the car accelerate like it was acting on its own mind. Like it was Herbie the love bug and it was pissed. So I don't know what was going on. He doesn't sound very with it. No, not at all. And he's not reliable at all. That's why no one is a reliable witness here, it feels like. But that must be why the court overturned it, because they're like, we don't know what anybody's doing. And there's no real evidence. There really isn't. So I'm not, I I think he might have had something to do with it. I don't know, but I don't think they had enough to convict him. So I don't, I agree with you. I don't think they did either. I think that not at all. I wouldn't have been able to do it. If I was a jury member, I would have I would have been holding up the whole thing because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have I didn't I wouldn't have thought he did it. I don't know. OK, I'm glad we're at least in agreement about that. Did you have any outstanding B-roll or extras that we need to talk about or should we just? Well, there's one photo of her and Roxy, and I couldn't tell if it was her arm around Roxy or if Roxy's boob was hanging out. No, it was definitely her arm. But that was, I see where you would be worried as we have people in our lives that that happens to. Um, did you quickly notice that this picture that they keep showing of Russell is he is in this filthy 
lime green shirt in front of the <laughs> charter boat. They keep saying he's a charter boat captain. And I'm like, he looks like he fixes the charter boats because he's just covered with smudges and grease. And he's like he doesn't know the picture's being taken. Well, don't on below deck, aren't there's there's like a first captain and a second captain and some of them work in the on the engine, don't they? Sorry, I think there's a big difference between a charter boat in whatever lake we are in Ohio to the Mediterranean yachts that people are renting out for $25,000 a day. Yeah, that's probably I true. I could be wrong. No, that's probably true. But I think true. that's right. Um, also, is he a charter boat captain for like, I don't think it's so much tours as like necessity. You need oh. the boat for something. Oh. So you're renting like the boat. Like hauling cargo? Maybe. I think a charter boat in our heads is like, oh, you're chartering a boat. But I think that you can charter a boat for a whole bunch of different reasons. All he wants to do is get back to fishing, hunting, mm-hmm. is what he says. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing that denim button down. He's the only button down with the giant bass on it, mm-hmm. which I kept thinking was one of those melted pizzas. And I had to keep <laughs> like staring at it because it looked like a melted pizza. Mm, it wasn't. That sounds good right now. Yeah. That would be good right now. Uh, Did you have any titles? Nothing good. Door to the future. Cue the door. Door to the future. No, it's not good. Like back to the future? I don't know what I was doing. Cue the door is good, though. Like pool cue. So you're cue the door. And then, but it's door. I had pool cue clue. Okay. Pool clue. Okay. My doesn't work. I like it. No. It does work. What about getting ahead of the truth? Oh, is that not right? That's fine. Is that tasteless? We've already moved past tasteless. Oh, okay. Giving truth seen the finger. Oh, there we go. But we don't know if he's giving truth the finger. Someone is not telling the truth, or maybe they're all telling the truth and they're all just really confused because they were on drugs. Are they all telling a little bit of the truth and then, like, not the whole truth? So, like, this is the truth, some of the truth, and nothing but the truth, Your Honor? Like, it's... So everyone's telling a little bit of truth and a little bit of lie. And then, so we we don't know. Or what if it's like Roshimon and everyone is telling the truth, but it's just their version of what they, they think yes. they saw. And it's been 33 years. It could very well be that. I don't know. Maybe they should call this episode Roshimon. Yeah. That was good. Um, yeah. My last title is when God opens a door, he closes a jail cell and then he opens it again. You know, when God closes, closes the door, he opens the window. <laughs> parentheses, and then he closes, and then he opens it again. Yeah, it's good. That's great. That was that was actually very. He very closes well done. it twice, and then he opens it twice because he was first let out because of um, it was hung jury, and then it was they put him back in jail, and then they let him go again. Yeah, I heard it. Okay. I got it. Multiple. It was good. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so ev- thank you, everyone. We've this is very long now, so thank you for bearing with us. And I hope that made sense. It was a very confusing episode, but we do. This is an audience participation episode. We would like to know yes. your thoughts and opinions. Yes, please. Yes, consider following us on Patreon and follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And don't watch alone. Actually, do watch alone. Soon you'll be able to not watch alone. But you're not alone. We're here. And remember, we are the world. We are the children. We are the ones trying to live today. So let's keep washing. 
There's no choice to make here. You need to stay inside. inside. It's time to make us safer from COVID-19. It's good. Verses are coming next week. <laughs> More verses to follow. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.